the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Thanks to Jane Timken, U.S. Republican Senate candidate. The event that we talked about right at the end of the segment is Delaware County GOP is Saturday, 9 a.m., a Back the Blue rally, where you can go out and meet Jane and hear more about her candidacy to uh, succeed Rob Portman as the U.S. Senator on the Republican side. And we're pleased to have in studio with us right now Jason Beardsley. Jason is with the Association of the U.S. Navy, and I was um, very honored and had the privilege this morning to speak at a breakfast where Jason was the keynote speaker. So, Jason, really appreciated your comments today. Thanks so much for what you do for veterans and what you have done. Two bronze stars and some very distinguished service on behalf of our country. Uh, I've been very fortunate. Uh, We really loved having you out this morning. And more than anything, I love this country, and we want to everything we can to really keep it going, repair it, build it from the inside out. Yeah, that's an awesome message and one that I share, uh, as I talked about this morning with my father having uh, served his country in World War II. And um, it was interesting today. It was such a beautiful day out there and the American flag outside and the flag inside as we stood there and all those great uh, service members in the room. Uh, I'm sure that kind of a, of a morning energizes you to continue to do what you do on behalf of veterans. Yeah, most most definitely. Anytime you're around peers and people that really have a heart for this country, and this this includes uh, folks like you on the front lines of what is essentially our culture war, mm-hmm. getting around those type of people that that's what fires me up because we have work to do, and if we don't do it consistently and constantly. Uh, we do lose the values that we set out for in this nation. So for those of you who were not there this morning, just a couple people who were there that inspired me, there was uh, Quadri, who's a veteran, told an amazing story of something that he encountered, a threat on his life uh, through, um, you know, drug activity that not he was engaged in, but he was protecting a place of business, and he was assaulted, um, managed to make it out. Now he's formed with another veteran and a brother, uh, uh, you know, in arms, uh, their own business, and and then Madison, Maddie, who I got to have her on the show to talk about the Central Ohio uh, Adaptive Sports Connection thing. But to see, for you to see veterans who've served, struggled, dealt with adversity, and then to see them become productive members of society, I'm sure that's what you're all about. Yeah, that that's the whole game. I sat on the inside of uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, the senior level, as well as Department of Defense, and of course, 22 years in the military. And you understand how much people go through and and what the trials are. Uh, Then what becomes very evident pretty quickly is that at the federal level, government's not good at getting uh, dollars programmed specifically into the hands and the hearts of real people. So that's got to be done in the the non-government space or the nonprofit space, the local community. It's business to business. It's uh, people reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. It's understanding how to share that uh, fellowship and release that burden. And that only gets done when people come off 
uh, the lines. They stop isolating. They join in uh, fellowship together, brotherhood, sisterhood, and work towards a common goal. What's that common goal? Um, lead yourself, lead your family, lead your community. And nobody can do that better than veterans who have been through the process. They've been trained. They've faced down the evils of danger, sometimes death, loss of loved ones. So they're best capable to lead as long as we provide the right kind of space for that. Well, I think that's really wise. And, you know, I've tried to prize and build wisdom into my life by studying the book of Proverbs. And to me, uh, the military uh, space is a place where you gain so much self-discipline. You gain so much uh, respect for authority, all things that you have to have, I think, to be a really good leader. Our guest in studio is Jason Beardsley. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason R. Beardsley, B-E-A-R-D-S-L-E-Y. He's with the Association of the U.S. Navy. So tell us about AUSN, what it does, what you do. It's not just Navy. It's Marines, Merchant Marines. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Right. This is a space where um, we at the Veterans Service Organization space, and there's plenty of those, really are, our, our job is to bring the community together with the services, and in this case, the maritime services, and really understand and express to the community what's the value, what's the importance, what's the role of the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, the Merchant Marines. And right now, more than possibly ever, we're facing threats in our near-peer rivals like China. Uh, we saw what happened in Russia. Mm-hmm. Having a command and an understanding of how do we defend our commerce transportation, our our manufacturing, our shipping, the education that trains people for service, all of those things, get they get missed if you leave it to politicians. So it requires groups like ours to go out to the community, bring mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters of those service members together to advocate for the right policies. And make no mistake, by themselves, the politicians get this wrong all the time. Mm. We're underfunded in the Navy. We're supposed to have about 355 ships in the fleet. We've got about 290 and we're losing them. So we we are right now facing threats we haven't faced for a long time. Again, near-peer rivals like China and Russia. One of the ways we can confidently assert uh, American protection and security is through the flexibility and the mobility of things like a naval force. Mm-hmm. When we don't have that, we end up in places like Iraq and Afghanistan for 20 years, strung out on these long campaigns, and we don't have the mobility. So our country's been through a lot. Our service members and veterans have endured the price and the pain of battle, battlefield fatigue and combat for the last 20 years. The way we avoid that in the future is by getting smart now and holding our politicians' feet to the fire, not just listening to their talk, but following up. And the only way to do that is to take groups like this, the Association of the United States Navy and plenty others, and make the voices of the veterans, the sailors, and their families, and the Marines, and the airmen heard in Washington, D.C. Not an easy task. No, not an easy task. Jason Beersley, our guest, the Association of the U.S. Navy, their official Twitter site is at A-U-S-N Tweets. And it's interesting. You've been here. We've been chatting. You've not brought up Democrat, Republican. You've not demonized either party. You've talked about country. That's one of the things I appreciate about what you're doing is you understand you have to deal with both parties. It's much better to have them as allies than it is to have them as enemies. But uh, I'm wondering what can people who are listening to this now and say, man, I want to support that. I want to I want to be able to exert whatever influence I can, not pressure, but influence I can to help veterans because I can't thank them enough. We all see if we see you and we know you're a veteran, you hear thank you for your service. But I'd like for us and for my audience in particular to know a more tangible way, more action oriented way they can actually 
help you rather than just express appreciation? What would that way be? <laughs> what a great uh, question, Bruce. Thank you for that because we, our work is to make that easy. Join us. Come to our site, AUSN.org. We provide uh, an audience member or a contributor or someone that's outside in the, in the real world doing their job, working, raising their family. We provide them a vehicle to have their voice amplified in D.C. How do we do that? Uh, sometimes it's simple, a legislative action. We may say, here's a bill. Here are two sides of the coin. So mm-hmm. we're not telling you what to think. Come and join us. Sign a petition if you want. Uh, we'll trigger letters into Congress members, uh, emails, phone calls. And when we take voices, bodies, numbers of people into a, a, the office of a legislator, they listen. I, I sat on the inside with the secretary of the VA. And when groups came uh, to the department and talked to the secretary and they had the voice of people behind them, uh, we listened. We would modify regulations. We would modify uh, sort of uh, the way that we might implement those things. And so that's the only means uh, the consumer, the outside citizen that is paying for all this has an impact on the voice. So someone's got to be in the middle to do it. That's us. It's very hard work. We need um, support in the the people that read and follow our news, we do a really good job of writing um, and capturing the Navy's story, the maritime story, every day. Uh, we just awarded two lawmakers, one Democrat, one Republican, because they had a very strong voice on supporting our strength of our fleet. And so we wanted to share that. So we're going to do things like that the way your audience and the way people come to help us join us. Sign up, become a member, donate uh, money if you've got $10 send that in. If you've got $100, send that in. We're a nonprofit organization, so you'll get the tax benefit. But at the end of that, you'll also have the confidence that people that you can trust are carrying that message forward. No doubt. Uh, the Association of the U.S. Navy, AUSN.org. Yes. AUSN.org. Our guest in studio is Jason Beardsley. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason R. Beardsley. And we will be back with Jason, more on Veterans Affairs, how you can help. And if you're a veteran, what... Uh, Things are out there for you to get some of the benefits, help, support that you need post-service time that you may not know about. We'll get into all of that next with Jason Beersley here in studio on The Bruce Hooley Show. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer, and we are... Really, really fortunate to have in studio with us Jason Beersley of the Association of the U.S. Navy. They help veterans, and they can use your help. Go to their website, ausn.org, and find out more about how you can support veterans, the maritime services, and also a great event coming up on June the 24th, Sip, Smoke, Shoot. So it's going to be sporting clays. And a little bit of, uh, was it bourbon? Bourbon. Bourbon, but not before you shoot. <laughs> so a really, really cool event, and you can find out more about that at ausn.org, and uh, that'll help raise money for you guys, and you got to have money to do what you do. So, Jason, thanks for coming in today. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what might be there for veterans that they don't know about today, because I was really yeah. heartened today by Quadri's story, starting his business, by Maddie's story, uh, coming back, obviously, from uh, losing a foot in service to the country. So uh, what's out there for veterans that they may not know about? So so many things. Uh, and again, the federal government, the Veterans Affairs, and many other agencies and departments have uh, bureaucratic administrations that deliver certain benefits that are known or, or can be um, uh, applied for. 
Beyond that, though, a lot of um, great organizations sitting in the nonprofit space, the NGOs, non-government organizations, or 501c3s and C19s and 23s, they operate to really care for the veteran from a very personal level. And I, I would just take a moment to say that's so necessary because the federal government, um, as good as they can be, can never quite get that part right. So you have local organizations, uh, the one you mentioned, the, you know, Adaptive Sports or uh, places like Save a Warrior that run programs where they bring folks, to get, folks together and just really do the hard work, which is meeting with people, uh, taking the time to listen, and then develop a space of, um, you know, I'll call it a safe space, but it's really meant in the way yeah. that you find fellows that you can actually break down with. Two things I'm wondering about as you gave that answer. I'm wondering if you're a service person and you just like to have a community. You don't have a community of former service members. If they go to AUSN.org, I'm assuming you can hook them up. And the other thing I'm wondering about is if I'm a business and everybody's got to help wanted sign out these days, but you want to prioritize hiring a veteran as your way of thanking them for serving. If they go to AUSN.org, is a business owner somebody that you can then fold into your network and hopefully find a veteran who's skills fit what they're looking for? Yeah, that's such a great question. We absolutely are partnered with different entities that are meant to do a couple things. One of them would be in the space of jobs. How do veterans apply for, find the right jobs and and fit themselves into the right atmosphere? And uh, that's actually not as easy as it sounds. Mm -hmm. I think everybody might know that. And so several organizations will come to the table to help veterans transition from military service or post-military to uh, productive careers. So we take some time to find the folks that are willing to do that, reach out, bring them through some systems. There's some great ones operating right out of here, uh, out of Ohio. Opline is one of them, a place where a veteran can go online and uh, put all their skills in and find matches that are specific to them. So we want to share those uh, opportunities out with everybody as well. Jason Beardsley is our in-studio guest. Follow him on Twitter at Jason R. Beardsley, and he is the head of the Association of the U.S. Navy AUSN.org. So I'm a little bit curious here about some things going on that I've observed in my role as a show host here militarily. And I never thought our country could be taken over by a foreign power. We've got the oceans that insulate us, but I know we're in a different era. Cyber is a big part of this era now, and you can launch attacks and meaningful attacks from a long distance away. As I view our military leadership, I'm very cognizant of the fact that you don't serve as long as they've served and elevate to the ranks that they have reached without some love of country. But for the first time, I feel like my love of country is is just at a different space than theirs is um, in terms of like the comment from General Milley that he wants to find out about white rage. And there are just priorities that I think you know, the flight suits for pregnant pilots and stuff. And I'm like, look, I think that that diversity, that sensitivity may have a place in certain eras, but this era feels more dangerous to me than putting a priority on some things that I think distract us from the immediate necessity for really being ready for what we might encounter from a foreign enemy. Yeah, you you put your finger right on the hot button, which is um, not a detraction from social uh, points that may be worth worthwhile efforts. Diversity can be a worthwhile effort. But the priority of the military is readiness, defense of the nation. It's to be able to field a force that can go uh, forward from the United States and defend a cause. So the first thing is, how do you prioritize? How do you get uh, a military ready for that? And a lot of that comes down to morale. It comes down to training. We're watching the Navy uh, specifically under the Association of the United States Navy. In the last 10 years, we've had ship collision after ship collision oh. after ship collision. We've had sabotage inside ports where ships, entire ships burn down that we can't field anymore. We're losing the fleet. 
Um, we have deck officers that don't have the training uh, that they need, the surface warfare officers, to get time behind the wheel to know how to manage these big warships uh, that have the capital enterprise right at their fingertips. And because of that lack of training experience, we're not as ready as we would be. So our point in the association is to focus really lawmakers first and foremost on let's deal with the first mission, the first priority, provide the best equipment, the best training, and the best uh, force mm-hmm. to field against an enemy. After that, we can look at things like, you know, how should we paint the walls or yeah. what kind of uniforms we should have. That's secondary, and it should not take our focus away from the priority. So you mentioned an important word right there, morale. And I have had encounters with people who have uh, sons and daughters who've um, talked with me about their morale in serving the country. And when my father served, I'm sure when you served, you can't afford to have a divided mind wondering if, you know, you're all on the same page with your brothers in arms or with your uh with your commanders. And now I think, and it may be related to this effort to get everybody vaccinated and some people um, authoring what I think are very authentic faith objections or faith exceptions. And it feels to me like those have been dismissed out of hand by the military. I don't want to see a military that proselytizes on faith basis, but I don't want to see a military where the faith aspect is exorcised from the military, too. And that's what it feels like to me has been going on here lately. Well, I, I think the irony here is that uh, the force that is supposed to tramp around the world and defend the cause of free speech, uh, freedom of religion, freedom of press, that's what our military does, has the uh, onus on its uh, leadership today to go through the ranks and determine who's not in the right you know, uh, worship center or mm-hmm. who's not saying the right thing politically. We're supposed to have diversity of ideology. So I, I should be able to come into the military and have a, a varied religious opinion or an atheist opinion. I should be able to do that and still fight under the flag. Mm-hmm. So it's ironic that the the country that defends those ideals most has been caught somewhat looking into our ranks to determine who's not on board with the political program. So that's the danger we see creeping in. And again, our, our number one point is um, not whether an effort itself is worthwhile. It's whether that effort should take priority when we're facing China, we're facing Russia. You talked about morale. There's no better picture of how morale affects the military than what you see happening in Ukraine now. On one side, you have people that are spirited and defending their homeland. And Ronald Reagan said that uh, there is no weapon in any arsenal in the world that is a match for a free-spirited people defending their home terrain. Mm-hmm. That's how Ukraine is standing up to an overwhelming army with superior numbers, superior technology, more tanks, more guns, more aircraft, and they're beating them. It's not a, a complete victory. But the difference between that and what the Russians brought, they have no morale. They're shattered. They don't have a continuity of ideology. Mm-hmm. So in America, I just want to remind your audience, we know the pain of that. Veterans came out of 20 years of Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, when we watched in horror as Kabul collapsed, that was a disaster. And many of my peers and service members are having to ask those questions internally. What, what were we there for? Yeah. And our senior leaders have not told us. And so they still are in a place where they have not defined for the American people what is the uh, fight? What are the big ideas that drive us on the battlefield? That's that's what we're missing. Jason Beersley in studio with us, Association of the U.S. Navy, AUSN.org, June 24th, an event coming up you should be a part of, Sip, Smoke, Shoot. I'm curious to know, you served as an intelligence officer over there in the Middle East. You've been in, what, three different branches of the military? Uh Two, but three, essentially. I, National Guard as well, so the United States Navy, the Army, and 
Ohio National Guard. So 22 years, two bronze stars. We heard so much about how people like you, who've really given a lot of their life to the military, viewed that withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's, it's been a few months, but what was that like for you? Horrif- horrifying. And uh, unfortunately, you could spot the uh, the tell a long time before it happened. We knew what we were facing. And I would suggest the military knew how to do this well. Problem is, we handed it to the, the folks in the State Department, the diplomats. Mm. That that was the wrong move. It cost us a lot of prestige. We're going to pay for that for a while. Well, I appreciate your work so much, and veterans need to go to ausn.org. I know if they're not maritime veterans, you will steer them to the right organization. Jason, you do a great job. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Bruce. Keep up the fight. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.